everyone. Alan Schimmel, DevOps.com. You're listening to another DevOps chat. Today's DevOps chat features, uh, well, it's a reoccurring series we're doing on Talk with the CEO. And our CEO of choice is once again my friend Derek Langone, CEO of Zibia Labs. Derek, welcome to DevOps Chat. Alan, good to good to be here. Thanks for having me today. Thank you, man. So, Derek, we've been we've been doing some dives into some really great topics here in this series, and I we've got one that's really uh, near and dear to me. And and you know, it's the whole shifting security left, DevSecOps, how to bake security into your software delivery process. And and so I'm really, I'm really excited to to talk about this with you, Derek. You know, I will tell you, and maybe it's my own bias because I come from security, but DevSecOps is probably one of the hottest topics we're tackling right now that we see on DevOps.com, as well as our Security Boulevard site. So you're getting security people who are really interested in this DevOps thing, and they they meet along DevSecOps. And we're getting DevOps people who are really understanding that you know security is synonymous with quality, and you you really can't have the kind of quality and speed of of uh, delivery and deployment and operations without it also being secure. So it, it's really, really hot. Is that your feeling? Do you have another take on why DevSecOps seems to be catching, catching fire here? Well, first and foremost, I'll agree with you that DevSecOps is definitely a hot topic. I don't think there's a customer that I've talked to in the last 12 months that had a, that hasn't brought up some aspect of security related to, you know, application delivery. So I think you're absolutely right. It's important and it's, it's a, it's a, a topic that that's going in a lot of cases unaddressed. Um, why do I think it's important? I think a few reasons, you know, the first of which is you just read about these breaches in the news. It seems like every other week, you know, that there's there's some security breach and a, and a database gets hacked and people's personal information is exposed. So that's that's number one. Um, number two, I think Gene Kim, the sort of, you know, godfather of DevOps, has long been advocating for security as part of application build and delivery. And I think that that reality is now just just catching on where a lot of DevOps investment has been made, DevOps success is starting to be realized, and now the speed has come at the expense of security in a lot of cases. In fact, um, I was reading recently on ThreatStack, they just did some research, and basically what they've concluded is half of the companies are cutting back on security measures uh, to meet business objectives. And those business objectives are generally I need to ship code faster. We need to deliver features faster, right? So those two things are completely in conflict with each other. And then they they further, um, and I guess I fall into this category, um, CEOs demanding that the DevOps people and security people don't do anything to slow the business down. Now, I assure you, I don't advocate that in my own organization, but I certainly do see that inside of our clients that are getting a lot of pressure to go faster and they're having to cut corners and an easy place to cut corners, but a, but a dangerous place is on, you know, DevSecOps or just security in general. So I'm going to tell you something. So, you know, Derek, like Gene, my, my background is security. I spent 15 years plus in security before I started DevOps.com. And it is absolutely true that companies, well, they've been cutting back and cutting corners when it comes to security and testing prior to release for a long time. You know, I remember doing a podcast for Network World, Derek, six, seven, eight years ago. 
And I had the CEO of, uh, of MongoDB and Couchbase, two, two you know, pretty well-known NoSQL databases, right? And, and, I, and I asked them point blank. I said, does NoSQL stand for no security? Because it's <laughs> like you guys don't really care. And they, you know what, Derek, in a, in a, a crystal clear, clear moment of clarity, they said to me, we will care about security when our customers do. And, and that hit home to me in a really hard way. I was like, yeah, I get it's true. <laughs> you know, they don't give a, a hoot about it. And, and so we, you know, those of us in the security space have, have known this for a long time and, and, and it's shaped, it's frankly shaped the way security people look at dev and ops and DevOps and, and so forth. And, you know, I don't know if you know, but I, I, the last four years, I put on a big event at RSA every year at the RSA conference, and we get about a thousand plus people to come in and spend a day talking about DevSecOps with us at the Moscone Center. And it's it's usually, well, it used to be 90% security, 10% Dev or Ops. Now it's closer to 60-40. And, it, and it's good to see the tribes coming together. You know, where I've, I've helping John Willis launch something called DevSecOps Days, which is a fork off of DevOps Days. So we're, we're trying to bring light here. But as you mentioned, you're a CEO yourself. You you have pressure to get releases out, and you're making DevOps software. Are, where are you guys? Are you shifting security left? What does it mean at, at Zibia in terms of shifting security left? Yeah, we absolutely are. In fact, I made a joke the other day in a meeting that, you know, we, we keep hiring, like, uh, we've actually got security people now. We've got QA people. They keep, like, popping up like flowers. But the reality is when you're building a DevOps platform for large enterprises, it's got to work. It's got to be secure. There's got to be a lot of sort of enterprise security features uh, included. Otherwise, you know, we won't be successful servicing our clients and we just won't have any. So the answer is yes, we're doing that internally with our own development. Um, um, but, you know, what, what shifting left means to me in my organization and, frankly, in the large clients that we service is basically introducing security into the development cycle from the very beginning. If you look mm-hmm. at if you look at the ratio of software developers in like a large bank to security people, it's generally about 100 to 1, right? So you've got 100 bodies that are working on applications that have become fundamental to running your business. They're the conduit by which you touch your customers, right? It's critical exposure point in an organization and there's tons of them, right? So that's the place where you want to start introducing security processes, but the only way to make it work is you've got to make it easy for developers. It can't slow things down. It's got to be largely automated and it's got to be, you know, no more sort of effort for the developers. And, and we, with our platform and our approach, um, have, have introduced that opportunity so that you can shift security way left without slowing anything down. And in most cases, accelerating things and making it very self-service and easy for developers. Fair enough. So, Derek, one of the things I hear, whether it be at the DevOps, the DevSecOps days or, or these other kind of events or in speaking to practitioners, companies, vendors, it all sounds great. But where does the rubber meet the road here? How do we actually empower developers, DevOps, QA, you know, other IT folks to address security in an autonomous way, right, without 
because there aren't, you're never going to hire enough security people. There aren't enough skilled security people in the world, right? So how do right. we, how do we do this? Yeah, I mean, in my experience with our large, you know, banking and insurance, you know, defense contractors, healthcare companies that are all heavily regulated and very, very, very tight on security, um, we we advocate and we see them starting to implement security, particularly testing and scanning and 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 these sort of uh, hurdles that are required for the business as part of the software application lifecycle. So they start injecting these pieces in the pipeline from development to production, and that's generally the right approach and our platform supports that approach. But what has to come along with that is what I mentioned earlier, which is when you're trying to introduce, you know, code, dynamic code analysis, automatic scanning of source code, uh, you know, for vulnerabilities, automated patching, you know, automated penetration testing. It has to be easy. It has to be self-service. It has to just fit into the process neatly, or it will be avoided uh, if it if it comes at the, you know if 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 it creates any type of a, of a slowdown in the process. So the two the two pieces are you've got to introduce it into your entire software application lifecycle process, and then number two, it just has to fit in neatly and be very easy to to implement and manage. Fair enough. Fair enough. So you mentioned you know what you guys are doing a bit at Zibia. Um, but let, let's get really not specific on Zibia, Derek. And how 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 do, do how does using Zibia help bake security into the pipeline? Yeah, so you know, in a hundred different ways, right? Um, and and because I'm a, a technical misfit, I actually wrote down a few. Uh, so if you forgive me, I'll read a few. But Go ahead. but there's a lot there's a lot of different aspects of DevSecOps incorporated in our application release automation pipeline. And again, we service some of the biggest clients in the world. Very sophisticated, complex environments, heavily regulated. Generally, you know, banking, insurance, defense, healthcare. Um, so some of the things that we've incorporated into our process that are features and attributes for developers and, and operations people to introduce DevSecOps into their process are things like we enable self-service deployments of, of approved hardened environments. So you basically have these approved bits available on the shelf, if you will. So as a developer, you only grab those off the shelf. They're sort of pre-approved, vetted and so forth. And that that we manage that inventory of, of kind of hardened environments, if you will. We also uh, deliver full visibility to the security and risk management team so they can see right into the release process. It's all visual, there's nothing hidden. You don't have to go and look at command line or Jenkins jobs or things like that. It's all sort of above board, easy to understand, easy to consume. Um, we provide deployment automation. So we've got a very sophisticated model-based agentless deployment engine that allows for you to create standardized complex deployments to any target environment, because the reality in in most of the organizations we service is they've got data, they've got their own data centers, but they're going to AWS, they're going to Docker, you know, they might be going to multiple clouds at the same time. They've got private clouds. It's just, you know, the targets just increase every day. So we allow you to build these these uh, sophisticated, templated, standardized deployments to any environment. And that's really, really important because if you try to do that manually, you just it's almost impossible to account for all the variables and you spend your entire life scripting and never actually deploy anything. And then we build security testing into every step in the software delivery pipeline. So things like, if you think about it, 
as an application moves from the, the, the sort of Git repository and starts heading its way towards production, you have things like, you know, black duck scans that happen. We kick those off automatically. We've got an integration. The results come back. It's either a pass or a fail or, or however you want to set the parameters. The, app, the application then continues to move down towards production, goes through like a Sona, a Sona type scan. I mean, there's a bunch of different, you know, testing and security steps that can be baked into a process. All of that happens automatically. We collect all the results for compliance and reporting, but the developers are are able to, with a couple of clicks, hook up, you know, um, Black Duck with our platform, and then from that point forward, there's no maintenance. Everything happens automatically. You set the parameters via the GUI or via command line, whoever your preference, and uh, and and a lot of sort of security hurdles are now met. And it doesn't slow down the process. In fact, in most cases, like I said, it accelerates the, the process. Yep. One, re one really interesting thing that is a new feature in our product is we provide situational awareness capabilities. Um, so we assess right out of the gate the risk associated with each deployment. So you can basically do like a dry run of a deployment, hit the button and see what's going to happen. And if there's any risk associated with it, it'll get flagged and you can bring it back and essentially address the, the issue and then move it on down the line to production. So you can sort of, you know, basically you can, you can sort of sink your battleship before you go to war, if you will. Uh, and that's, that's become really, really valuable for organizations that, that have absolutely no tolerance for anything happening in production that, uh, that's sideways. Fair so, enough. Um, and then the usual things, like we enable role-based access control. You know, our defense contractors have interesting requirements where, you know, they've got different sort of weapon systems uh, initiatives going on from, from one one business unit to the next. And those business units can never see what the other's going, what's going on with each, other, with each other's business unit. So, you know, that separation of duties and who can do what. We link right in with LDAP and Active Directory, single sign-on. We have two-factor authentication. I mean, there's there's layers and layers and layers of sort of role-based access control here that make it really, really, um, uh, you know, scalable for an enterprise where there's there's just steadfast rules of, of who can do what and, and so forth. Um, and then lastly, like I said, there's a hundred different things that we, we baked in for DevSecOps, but another one that's important is we automatically collect and maintain evidence for compliance audits. So basically, that's we're the system of record for that end-to-end -end release process. We log who did what, how they did it, when they did it, where they did it, every single step in the process. And that includes our tool, as well as every tool we're integrated with, like Jenkins and Jira and Git and ServiceNow and Puppet and Chef and you name it. All of that is collected for compliance and reporting purposes. And that is a big, big, big missing link in most approaches that are using like, you know, just open source and, and scripting and even point tools. Like none of them have this holistic reporting capability that our platform brings to the table. Got it, got it, got it. All right. Hey, Derek, we're, we're coming up on the end of our time on, on this episode. But one more, one more kind of area I want to hit on with you. And it may be self-evident to those of us who are in a security, but you know what are the dangers of not of not shifting security left, right? Well, you could sit, put your head in the sand, like like those CEOs I spoke to years ago who said, you know, they'll do it when their customers care about it. And I don't know how much you know about the NoSQL, but both of those companies have had 
flaws result in major breaches for their customers. So obviously that's one consequence of, of not doing this. But, you know, what, what are the dangers here? Yeah, so at a high level, the dangers are losing customers, right? You have a breach or you have some sort of public disclosure that you've had, you know, security issues, then immediately, you know, your cut think think about it. I mean, um, you know, if you're if you're a customer of bank A and bank A has a breach, well, what do you do on day two? Uh, you move your money out of that bank, right? Yeah. So that's the biggest consequence. The other piece is, you know, losing intellectual property. I mean, these these Using open source, using cloud infrastructure, you know, have huge advantages, but also disadvantages where they open up new exposure points. You know, a lot of a lot of container, a lot of the issues preventing containers from running in production that we have seen and and have uh, had conversations with CIOs about is the fact that they can't keep track of who did what and when and what's in containers. Right. So all of these new exposure points in the DevOps world present security um, liabilities and and those are those are important um, and, and and big considerations and if you don't close them you know you lose customers you lose intellectual property you potentially you know put your business in jeopardy so um, those are the real dangers of not shifting security left and like I said that ratio of developer to security person in large organizations is like I said about a hundred to one yep. so the right place to put some of that responsibility is with the developers that are controlling the applications and control the code and they are a hundred percent on board with introducing these concepts into the pipelines mm-hmm. Derek I, I, I'll go a little further even than you on this you know with the new GDPR regulations that just took effect this week right in the EU but you know there's a lot of us a, a lot of things are nexus connected to the EU yeah, the fines involved in ha- in suffering a breach because you didn't take reasonable steps around security are enough to crater even the biggest companies. You're talking about tens and tens of millions of dollars in potential fines. And, and you know, the EU, they, they will collect their fines. Uh, yeah, I think you'll, I think you'll see a real focus on this once somebody has a breach uh, or, or is out of compliance and they get hit with one of those fines and then everybody yeah. is going to really, really take this more seriously. I mean, right now, GDPR in my organization is just presenting a challenge to my marketing team. I see a lot of steam coming out of ears over there. Like, how do we work around this? How do we how do we stay compliant but still, you know, prospect and and, and yeah, how do you how, how do you think it is on my side where I got to do it for companies like you and make sure yeah. that I'm protecting myself and you? Tell me yep. about it. But, but beyond just GDPR, I mean, we see standard things have been around forever, like Sarbanes-Oxley and HIPAA and, and PCI, PCI compliance. Like all, sure. none of those, none of those go away, right? Mm-hmm. And as you increase this application velocity, and as you use software to reach your customers more and more, I mean, let's face it, nobody walks into a banking branch anymore, right? Your mobile app, web yeah. app, you know, that's the conduit to customer. You, you're you're risking, um, in a lot of cases, that relationship with with a security breach. Uh, so, you know, that that is really important, and that's why you've got to shift uh, security as left as you possibly can, right in the right in the planning and the first sort of keystrokes on a, on a keyboard uh, phase of of software development. You know, I, I think Target is kind of a poster child for this, right, Derek? They they obviously had a very big breach a few years ago. It cost the CEO his job. It cost the CIO his job. As a matter of fact, it cost most of the senior management in IT their jobs at Target. Yes. And, but as a result, 
right? You had people coming in, and, and I'm sure you're probably familiar with the Target DevOps story, right? Between yeah, doing dojos and, and yeah, and you've you've met them at Gene Kim's DevOps Enterprise Summit. As a result of that, they have shifted left. They have adopted DevOps and DevSecOps in a big way. And they're obviously much better off for it, I think, today. But, you know, it took a catastrophe to literally a catastrophe for, for that to take root. Anyway, we're about out of time. Hey, Derek, my friend, it's always a pleasure to have you on here. Thank you so much for sharing with us today. Hope to have you on soon. Sounds good, Alan. Thanks for having me. All right. Hey, this is Alan Schimmel. You just listened to Derek Langone, CEO of Zibia Labs. And it was a pleasure, as always, having Derek to sit and chat with. This is Alan Schimmel for DevOps.com. You just listened to another DevOps chat. And we'll see you real soon, everyone. Take care. Take care.